Welcome to the Creatives and Focus Podcast. James Reed, Fantasy Author Publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume in my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Steve Hyman. He's the author of Help, I Lost My Planet, Jack Ripper Book 2. How are you doing today, Steve? I am doing fantastic, James. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I always like to start this out with a fun question. So, uh, Steve, are you a cat person or a dog person? I'm not an either-or person, so it's always one of those tough questions. But I would, if I have to pick one, cat, unquestionably. I'm more of a cat person than a dog person. Okay. Well, it was a really great interview. I had a lot of fun talking to you, Steve. Likewise. Likewise. (laughs) Look forward to the next time. Thanks so much, James. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, how long have you wanted to be an author, Steve? I, I'm guessing just to retract that you, you're a dog person. Then I'm a dog person, and I also <laughs> hate cats because my mom had a cat, and we did not get along in my childhood. <laughs> it involved repeated um, urinating in my closet. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I just have to know who I'm dealing with then, so I'll gauge my answers accordingly. Yeah, that's fine. So, uh, Steve, how long have you been an author? Uh, I would say uh, an author just the last two years. I've been a writer in some fashion on and off since college, um, dabbled in creative writing, did a bit of investigative uh, and journalistic type of writing, and a bit of content writing as yeah. in my career as a graphic designer. Uh, but uh, during COVID, had opportunity to actually engage as a novelist. And so in that respect, I would say two years, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, um you were an investigative journalist. Well, I, I wrote investigative articles uh, within the natural foods industry. I worked for um, a food cooperative that we had a very educated audience, and we we're trying to continue in that vein. And at the time, this was in the late 90s, there really wasn't a lot of information available. So uh, it was kind of the advent of the digital age, and I took opportunity to I was invited to write within the newsletter that we had. We had like six, seven thousand people on the newsletter, so you know, pretty decent size. But that that was a really fun thing to write. Okay. okay. And I would say that it's it's relevant that you ask about it because I think writing should mean something. I mean, not to say that you can't write just for the sheer frivolity of it, but I think most often because writing can equate to a fair amount of work to write well, that most writers have something that they're trying to convey, whether that's just artistic vision, that's this is my beautiful vision, or more dystopian or whatever, or something more pointed like investigative journalism. I would say I'm just out to write the sort of stories I want to read. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess like, hey, I create cool fantasy worlds and I hope you like them, I guess. And that's perfectly relevant. But, uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't write for, like, anything more than, I mean, there's, I don't know. I put stuff in there, but it's not like that's why I write the books. Right. I don't know. I would but anyways. that's not why I wrote the books, but I couldn't help just being who I am to. No, that's true. Like, you, you, you um, like, I explore 
things, I guess, as a natural byproduct of putting characters into terrible situations and forcing them to make moral, <laughs> make moral, you know, decisions, whether good or bad, you know, or, you know, decisions that are maybe morally dubious, but are necessary or stuff like that, you know, then have them grapple and see how their conscience goes and see which way they land. Absolutely. That's part of the, the joy of creative writing is that you don't always know what's going to happen next. Sometimes characters and situations take you in tangents that you didn't expect, at least for myself. That's the way. I no, write. I've had that happen a few times. I do a lot of outlining, like heavy outlining before I write a scene. So maybe, maybe my outlining happens, but it doesn't feel like it comes out of nowhere because I'm still like brainstorming things. It's not like where I'm in the middle of writing prose that it happens to me that often. And I'm following that. But it has happened. Outline. Um, my outlining is uh, character or chapter titles with um, basic point A, point B type of things. This happens, and at the end of the chapter, this kind of event happens, and it gives me enough to create a story arc that I that I know has you know a few high points and and some dips and you know the right architecture for a story. And then within the context of that, just whatever happens is kind of up to the characters. And that's yeah. the way I've discovered to be able to write in a way that's fun. Sure. And entertaining for my readers. Yeah, I, I, um, I used to kind of be like that. And it was kind of, I don't know, I found it really taxing mentally to write prose and plot at the same time. And so. I will do like a really detailed outline where I really, well, I write dialogue and stuff, but like, it'll be like, it'll be like, I might say, she says this and then it'll just be like angry or this, emo- I'll just put like, this is the emotion they're having or, you know, this, they go do that, but I won't have the, the, the prose there, mm-hmm. but, and then it makes it really easy for me to come in and then write the prose and especially, and I really had to do this because of fight scenes. Like I needed to choreograph fight scenes ahead of time because like, it's too hard to keep it all in your head while writing prose, you need to like sit down and think and move blocks around, maybe draw pictures. And then, so it's kind of, that's where it kind of extended from, from outlining action scenes mm. that were just had too many pieces yeah. moving for me to be able to hold it all in my head and write like the right. prose down and keep it, keep it straight. Like I needed to have, you know, when you're having like an action sequence with, you know, six POV characters that are all doing different things and are on different sides and, it's, uh, I have avoided that entirely. Might have been completely uh, yeah, no, of focus character. So it's yeah, it's very simple. Don't get me wrong, because that that stuff makes your headache. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I avoided. It. I mean, I uh, I'm halfway through a, uh, another book. Still, it still is um, from a single character's perspective. There's a main uh, protagonist, but there's definitely well, I would say the, the same is true. Yeah, I I don't write multiple points of character. I've enjoyed some books like that, but I have my style of writing. I have definitely, um, I definitely go like, I'll do a series where there's lots and lots of POVs. Then I'll do a series where there's like one or two. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, okay, that, uh, that killed me. Let's do something simpler. <laughs> so, well, I, I'm currently, um, I completed the first two books of a series. Yeah. Let's talk and, about that series. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know what the second book is called. It's called help. I lost my planet. Which is the and second of the Jack Ripper books, which I assume he's your main character. He is indeed. And, and so he's, he's a, he's just a normal 
Joe had a, a, you know, a kind of a bit of an atypical rough upbringing with lost his parents in, in an orphan kind of trope. So, uh, so I will say that this is... So he's a British like, protagonist then? A, a British protagonist? Yeah, it's a too. joke that British, like, British children books, they're always orphans. Oh, exactly. And Americans yeah, are always, often. like, have a single parent. Yes, often. But, yeah, um, so that's a joke, sorry. No, I, I, I was deeply influenced by Monty Python and um, Douglas Adams and a bunch of other um, British English authors. So I'm sure that crept in there. Part of the the joy of the book is making fun of a lot of different tropes. I know. I just have within the science fiction uh, realm. Just, just from the title made me think Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh, yeah, certainly. Certainly. It's good. That. It's good branding to let people know what they're getting into. Yes, it, it is in that vein. It's a goofy space opera. And, and like Douglas Adams, I, um, I would say he also did. He grappled with some deeper questions, both, you know, socially and, and uh, theologically. And I do as well. Yeah. But it's a it's a goofy, fun, fast paced, you know, read. It doesn't take long to read. It's there's. There's no deep, complex things that happen, but it, it, there's a lot of uh, wordplay and just very original, creative elements, I would say. Yeah, well, I mean, comedy's always been used to do that. I mean, there used to only be two types of stories, the tragedy and the comedy, and it was just really how your characters ended up at the end told you which one you were in. But they still were all about <laughs> life. I think yeah. the joke is if you're in a tragedy, you die, and if you're in a comedy, you end up married. Just like how it used to go and... Up until I, you know, more so in theater, they used to say, um, in, in tragedy, you die, in comedy, someone else died. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it didn't happen to you. It was funny. <laughs> but uh, no one actually dies in my books, really. I, um, I'm not that I'm uh, averse to that. People actually do die, just not explicitly, at least not in the, in the first book. Yeah, a couple people probably do. Second book. Lots of people do. I don't get into it. So the first book is titled um, Greetings, Planet Earth, and it entails a normal Joe who's a 20-something who trash uh, picks up trash here in Portland, Oregon, and um, very dissatisfied with life, a loner, plays pranks on people to entertain himself, and you know, pretty much kind of a juvenile perspective. You don't really care for the character a whole lot to start with. Is he, he definitely has a, a growth arc, uh, but he is randomly selected by the not an invading alien species, but they're here to bring Earth into the Federation, as it were. The, that's a galactic culture that's trade organiza- organization, if you will. I gotcha. And uh, he's can randomly just, selected. Can I just ask you a question? Yeah. Are you from Portland? I, I do live in Portland. Okay. Yeah. That, ex- that explains the food co-op. In the 90s. I was like, where is a food co-op in the 90s? That was, like, that was actually in Ashland. Ashland, Oregon was where okay. that was at. Uh, I was a theater major, and okay. I went to school in Ashland where they have a Shakespeare festival. And, no, I got you. I'm, yeah, I'm so. in Tacoma, so I'm only a couple hours away from you. Oh, cool. Northwest, yeah. It's the best, baby. Um, well, so, at least the weather. Yeah, you know, I had to represent a little bit in the book. Uh, there's not a lot that happens in Portland, but um, I grew up here in the Northwest, right. so right. a few things that happen. He gets to travel the world. So anyway, he, he's randomly selected, and he, of course, is gifted with the 
the slate of alien powers, if you will, and um, he has a certain very short period of time to make a selection between six different alien species who's going to be their, the Earth's mentor. It, you know, there's a, a hundred-year stewardship that every planet goes through, and it's up to Jack to decide which alien culture or species is going to be their mentor. So, unfortunate for him, it's happening right at the time when there is an, a galactic coup that's happening, if you will, by, um, I'm not going to name who, but he gets embroiled into it and it kind of overlaps his decision-making process and is a great jolly mess, if you will, but he somehow manages to jack his way out of, out of it and um, you get to introduce, introduce introduction to, you know, the various aliens and their, their perspectives and get to see Earth's shortcomings and strengths as Jack uh, introduces Earth to these species. They all have different perspectives and questions about why they should even accept the stewardship. It, it's a decision process that goes both ways. Gotcha. Yeah. It's fun, though, because I like putting non-human races in my fantasy and then giving them, trying to give them very alien outlooks on a wide range of subjects <laughs> just that are, that are weird to humans, like... Mm-hmm. Um, like um, sexual mores and sexual dimorphism that can be quite different, you know. But Absolutely, and it's a lot of, yeah, yeah. I even did a worm race once, and they were hermaphrodites, and I um, <laughs> and so that was interesting because there's there don't you know there's no gender at all. Well, the, there's just a gender for them. I, I started with an agender species, but the pronoun process became too. I was like, <sighs> you know what? I think I'm just going to do. I'm going to do a mutable. I, Species they can switch between genders. Yeah, it, that, that was having to use to, to having to use they them as yes, a singular or, as a singular pronoun and using they them for plural when that character is with them it was a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. So Make it clear who was being referred to justice and didn't want to do a disservice to that community as well. Yeah, so it um, was a. And it was a lot a, of, um, and when I was writing, I kept just using male pronouns with the main one, and some, and I would have to fix them all because yeah, it, it was very alien for me to write that way. Right, haha, ha, alien. It got better, but like at first that, it was that, terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do have a species that um, three different species conjoined genetically in order to be the the resort and uh, sexual. Uh, favors entity within the galactic culture, if you will. They have uh, several planets where they can accommodate any species for whatever your desires might be. And they're they're one of the uh, possible stewards. Yeah, what other questions do you have for me? Uh, Well, I mean, um, so you have Jack. you have any other characters besides Jack? You just mentioned Jack. Is there anyone else um, that's important in the story? Like a villain? Uh, Do we have an antagonist in that? Uh, yes, there's definitely an antagonist. Um, okay, it's cool if it's, a, if it's a spoiler. That's fine. That's cool. You yeah, you kind of have to figure it out. Um, the first book uh, of which species is really plotting and and not the ones to trust. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Not entirely clear. So I got gotcha. you. You don't know who your friends are and your enemies are at first. Though. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I would say I, I probably need to address that in the second book. A blurb. I I say. Who they is, <laughs> who they are. So maybe I should leave that out. But um, anyone looking ahead has a bit of a giveaway there. I, I yeah, that's, that's really hard. 
you know, it's like when you, you're reading this series and you just found this first book and it was really great. And um, Amazon just happens to recommend you the third book and you just happen to see the first line of the blurb and you're just like, wait, that's going to happen to a character, to this character? What? Yeah, exactly. Huh? <laughs> Why is this in the blurb? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I hadn't even got to that. And uh, yeah, so that was that was very interesting. So as far as other characters, Dak definitely ends up in a romance. So there's um, another there's a, another human with a human, not a not with an alien. So that was you know, an interesting thing to tackle as a first time author. Um, I chose to make her uh, uh, African American. Challenge there as well. Uh, I didn't get too deeply into it because. Personally, I didn't really see a, a reason to. I'm not. I just kind of was a random selection of characters in terms of the other human uh, characters. There's representatives from different cultures throughout. He travels the world, and so okay. it wasn't really well thought in terms of that. But it was an interesting challenge as a writer. I had to tread carefully with it. I'd say, you know, my favorite character to write was probably uh, one called the Ga. He's a, a warrior species who drools and roars and just is very ferocious, but has an inner being, a character that is, I think, reminiscent of, of what I aspire to in some ways of like an outlook on life. Okay. They were fun, fun characters to write. Uh, I really, I had more aliens uh, originally, but I, I slated it down to, to six or paired it down to six. Plus the, um, there's the, the Baxa who are the mediators in all of this. They're the transporters of the different stewards to various planets. Okay. Yeah. So that's always where the, the fun in writing is, is sort of inventing all this stuff that, I mean, this is why I write genre fiction. So, you know, I, you know, I find real life really boring. I don't want to write real life stuff. <laughs> I didn't either. I, it's my, my art as a writer was quite funny. I started off writing more of a, a near future, dystopian, hard science fiction, you know, real world situation. And I uh, was struggling with having just offed my protagonist's best friend and how to deal with that. I'm like, why? It was right after COVID started. Oh, everyone was already depressed. And I'm like, oh, out on my daily walk, I'm like, why am I writing this? And this, the story for the Jack Ripper series literally came to me in, in a flash, if you will. I kind of ran home and, and wrote it. But the, the world building aspect has been just so fun. And it, of course, led to a second book. And a third book. So the third book is underway. Um, it's called Oops, Wrong Universe and kind of tackles the much bigger aspects of, of some of the things that Jack deals with in the second book when he goes traveling the, uh, the galaxies. He actually has extra galactic travel. Do you have like a, a release date for that? Mid 2023. It's a little hard to, to know just juggling some other things in life. I'm not a full time writer as of yet. So, you know, writing sometimes happens as I can. I gotcha. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure mid 2023, I should be, I'm about a quarter of the way through. So typically six months to write a book and I've already got a good start. I've got everything outlined. So. Uh, just, you know, been busy end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Well, um, it was really great talking with you, Steve. 
Yeah, James, thank you. Uh, look forward to seeing this uh, on the airwaves. And so, yeah, greetings, Planet Earth by Steve Hyman. And um, if you're looking for a fun, frolicking ride that's kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or Harry Harrison's uh, Stainless Steel Rat Series, those types of books, this is right up that alley. All right, take care. Take care. This has been Creatives in Focus. You can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read, or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases. This has been Creatives in Focus. You can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read, or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases.